0: Welcome to My College Corner, sponsored by Invite Education. I'm your host, John Hupalo. You know, there's so much chatter these days about the usefulness of college. Financial people talk about it in terms of ROI, the return on investment that one would get from a college degree. It's a lot of attention being given to this uh, topic today. But really, the question comes around common sense, and common sense tells us that college and academic learning is not for everyone. But there is something that's for everyone and that's skills. Developing the skills necessary to be successful in various pursuits. None of that's rocket science, but it's something that today's guest in my college corner is really passionate about. He says our own innate common sense tells us that we'll encounter limitations on our path to success. And we can find ways to overcome those limitations, but sometimes there's a gap. In his words, common sense becomes uncommon when there's a gap between what we know needs to be done and what we're actually doing to overcome that limitation. And that's particularly true for college students who are making tons of choices every day about how to spend their time in preparation for the real world. Our guest today has written books and articles on academic success for middle, high school, and college students and early career success for college graduates. Prior to starting his own business, he spent 20 years teaching and mentoring college students in his various academic positions, including as a professor, a department chair, and associate dean. Dr. Carrie J. Green, welcome to my college corner. Thank you, John. Well, before we get started, uh, since you have all those titles, do I have to call you Professor Green or Dr. Green, or can I call you Carrie?
1: Please call me Carrie.
0: All right, Carrie. I was really intrigued by your background. You have a PhD in soil science, and how does a soil scientist transition from a focus on agriculture and the environment to nurturing young minds?
1: When I began my career, John, I thought I wanted to focus on research, but my first university position had a large teaching component, and I found out that I really loved teaching and loved working with students and discovered that I had some strengths in that area. And I think there's a, a lesson to be learned there. I didn't discover that till I tried it. And that naturally led into recruiting and advising and mentoring activities, as well as working with students and their parents. And in turn, all this then evolved into a focus on skills. Well, that's wonderful. When I talk to our guests in my college corner,
0: we all share what you just talked about, which is developing a passion And this real need to help people in a a stage in their life when they seem to be somewhat vulnerable uh, can really use a mentor and have a way to to think about their future, uh, perhaps maybe in in a new uh, paradigm. And certainly the financial crisis now a decade ago resulted in some very critical thinking about college in general, particularly around the cost of college and that return on investment that I talked about at the beginning. How much of a factor was that for you as your passion for the skills-based work developed?
1: It certainly was a factor, John. At at that time, I had responsibilities for our college's scholarship program, and I was amazed at the number of students who mentioned in their applications. um, I was really amazed at how many students referred to the crisis in their application. For example, numerous students said, you know, my dad works in the construction industry, but he's lost his job. And you know, it really hit home, and, and a lot of the, the students talked about how their parents would take extra jobs, take a second job, or get some part time income to help. It really emphasized to me the importance of building a skill set that would allow those students to increase their academic success. So, we really emphasized the importance of using the resources that are available to them, encourage them to do everything they could to graduate on time, and certainly they wanted to develop a skill set that employers were looking for. So, when they did graduate, they would be able to get a job fairly easily. Now, and, Karen, if I hear you
0: correctly, what, what you're saying is that um, in college, there's room for book learning and academic learning and getting the nuts and bolts of sort of the intellectual underpinnings of a successful career. But it, it sounds to me as if uh, you think there's there's yet another um, set of skills. I was going to say a set of skills, but there's like another component of that education, which is a softer base, a skills base. Is my takeaway correct on that?
1: Sure, it is, John. And if you do a, just a quick online search of career counselors and employer surveys, you'll see again and again and again that the employers are really seeking students that have this soft skill set in addition to their, to their technical degree or their college degree. You're, you have a premise, uh, Carrie, that I,
0: that I alluded to earlier that I think is, is very striking. And I'd like to ask you just elaborate it on a little bit. And you say um, all the time, common sense that isn't that common. What, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, as, as we talked about in the in, as we talked about in the introduction, common sense tells us that we're going to encounter some limitations and we're going to have some struggles on our journey to success. And those of us who have been around a while realize that. And one of the things I think is very important to do, especially for young people, is to periodically reflect on their actions and their activities and be sure that they're doing what they need to do to get the results that they want. And, you know, sometimes we're limited by factors that are simply beyond our control, and we can't do much about that. But other times we can be limited or we can be held back a little bit by failing to act effectively on what we really know needs to be done. And as we said, common sense becomes uncommon anytime there's a gap between knowing what we need to do and actually doing it. And for example, I should be more disciplined in my diet and exercise routine. That's just common sense, but there's a gap there and I don't I don't always follow through. So- well, You're not
0: alone there, Kerry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for,
1: for, well, yeah, it, ironically, it is common to be uncommon. Um, and examples, you know, for college students who really want to be their best, um, there are some best practices that they can follow. Going Simply going to class, learning how to take notes appropriately, learning how to prepare for and take tests. Those are some very common sense best practices that sometimes are are overlooked and and putting forth their best effort. I say to students all the time, being your best means doing your best. And sometimes there's a gap there between what they're capable of doing, what they're actually doing. And and certainly I think um, it's common sense to manage our limitations, but procrastination for example is a big issue with college students, but they sometimes tolerate it instead of trying to manage it. And then finally, I think what I would consider to be a no-brainer is taking advantage of of the resources that are available to them through tutoring, the academic success center, things like that. So again, it's not rocket science, as you said, although ironically, I did do some research with NASA years ago. But the, the key to this is really understanding what it takes to be successful. And doing everything within the student's power to make that happen.
0: One of the, the words that you're using is the, the need to do. And I couldn't help but think back on the first marketing class that I took in business school and shouldn't have been rocket scientist, but it was an epiphany uh, for me uh, when we talked a lot about the difference between wants and needs. And it sounds to me when you're talking about sort of purposeful planning and purposeful undertaking of, of, of these different um, activities, like note-taking, whatever it seems to be fairly common, but doing it in a purposeful way and, and understanding that, you know, you may not want to do something like that or you may not want to address your limitation. It may be easier to put your head in the sand for a little while. But the reality is the more successful folks are the ones who address that need uh, or that that uh, shortcoming that they might have in their toolbox b- before they're ready to get out and, and get into the real world, and even once they're in the
1: real world. Yeah, I think that's correct. I think sometimes we can get intimidated by success or or think, you know, if we hit an obstacle, we can't get through it. But really, there's no magic formula. It's It's a lot of, <laughs> ironically, it's a lot of common sense. And again, anytime we can evaluate and truly understand where we're at and what's keeping us from getting where we want to go, often we can work through that if we have the initiative to do so. Well,
0: that's I think one of the keys when you talk about initiative. and you know our view at my college corner is that frankly, college is not for everyone. If a student is not properly motivated, um uh, they could be in in lining themselves up for, you know a, a large number of headaches that they frankly could avoid. Uh, my, my, my thought all the time is that the, the, the O for 3, the, the worst thing that a student can do is not be properly motivated. So they go off to school. Uh, they take on some debt. They decide that college is not for them. So there they are sitting at 21 or 20 or 22 years old um, with some debt, no job, no education. Um, and that's a strikeout in, in my book. And, and the work that you're doing uh, even back and tell us a little bit about this uh, with with high school students and and students before high school uh, to get them to recognize the fact that uh, there are going to be limitations. It's part of life, but how to work through that. Uh, starting early seems to be a,
1: a big key to success as well. Sure. And, and going back to your three points, I wholeheartedly agree. And I'd also add a fourth point to that. A student who flunks out of college or leaves college for whatever reason. Can have a little guilt about that, or get down on themselves. They tried something and it and it didn't work. And if it's something that may not have worked from the beginning, going through it and then having it not work just adds to that uh, kind of a self-defeated mentality. And that's certainly not not positive. Regarding the high school students, certainly the the best practices we've discussed I think is fairly important. And as as students transition into college, I think it's very important that they develop the right expectations and understand that college is gonna be harder than, than high school, there's gonna be more work outside, there's higher order thinking required and a lot of the, the skills and activities that got students through high school won't necessarily get them through college and I can use myself as an example. Um, I graduated in the top 10% of my high school class, but I almost flunked out on my first semester at Purdue I had a chemistry class that kind of got the got the better of me and I ended up with a D. I didn't fail. And I I say I was happy to happy to have it at the time. But my point is I tried to succeed in college using the same skills that I used in high school. And that simply that simply didn't work. My note taking, my academic success skills were really limiting me. And again, I thought I couldn't understand chemistry, but really is I didn't have the fundamental skills to help me learn. And once I developed those skills, I ended up you know, well, I went from almost flunking out to getting a PhD and being a professor. Yeah. And that's a, a story. Um, when
0: you look back, you can chuckle a little bit about getting the D. Um, I had a, a similar academic trajectory. I was uh, running track, uh, Boston University, uh, having a lot of friend, uh, fun with my friends and going to school. But uh, it wasn't until I was injured that I actually realized that I had my priorities kind of out of order. And um everyone gets a little wake-up call in a different way. But it, the word that you use um, on your website and, and in your books and other places is, is I, I think the home run should be the word of the century. It's empowering. Um, and you emphasize that in your book, Success Skills for High School, College, and Career. Um what do you uh, you, you described a little bit as uh, as your maturity level increases, the level of challenge you're actually going to face becomes more complex. Um, how does that progression work? What do college students need in their bag of tricks to be successful um, after graduation?
1: Well, I think it's a continual evolution. And I've said before that some of the skills we learn on the playground, working well with others, being your best, having integrity, those things we learn on the playground are also important in the boardroom. There's just different levels and, and different interpretations or different applications. And I think the same is true when transitioning from high school to college and college on to career. And I think some of the biggest things that college graduates experience when they transition into the workplace is the level of professionalism required and the importance of reading and fitting into the corporate culture. And another thing I really emphasize for students who are graduating and beginning college, it's very, very important to focus on their job responsibilities and focus on results. Effort is important. Planning is important, but certainly in the, in the working world, results are important. And, and the way I encourage students to do that is to get a very solid understanding of, of their duties and their responsibilities. What are they expected to produce? What are they expected to deliver? And in turn, how will, those, how will they be evaluated? And if they can build their goals based on that, that'll help them quite a bit. And certainly having the right attitude is important. They need to have the humility to be willing to ask for help and receive feedback. And they also have need to have the self-confidence to be able to work alone as well as have the confidence to step up and contribute to teams. And certainly um, having the attitude that they're not going to start at the top, that's kind of frustrating sometimes but that's that's reality even a a great student with a great degree and great experience still is probably not going to start out at the, the top of the company so having the right attitude is important and certainly the the last thing i would mention here is the importance of getting a mentor somebody who's been there and can help the person transition especially the the unwritten things the the cultural issues and some of the other things that may not be immediately obvious to the new person
0: well, there there is uh, probably a decade's worth of wisdom uh, packed into about two and a half minutes where you ticked off seven or eight uh, really critical pieces of advice uh, for anyone, uh, anywhere in their career, frankly. You can. There's the old dog, new tricks issued for some of us. But um, the, the one thing that I want to focus on, and you said it ever so eloquently, I talked about wants and needs, and the other uh, sort of pair that I always talk about is exactly what you said—the difference between effort and results—and I think all too often, uh, and particularly, I'm, I'm going to sound like a, a, somebody who's a parent and older, and you know, they're going to others will say, "What are you thinking about?" But it's this whole uh, culture around show up at the soccer field, kick the ball around, and, and get a certificate. Uh, there's no meritocracy to that, uh, and and th- your effort is rewarded as long as you're running around. That's great. Uh, the, the issue though is that results are what counts. Uh, so sometimes uh, we talk about this at, at my college corner with our team all the time. You know, I, I'm glad to know you're putting in a big effort. That's great, but I'd rather you put in a lot less effort and get a bigger result because uh, at the end of the day, uh, the results and, and achieving the goal is the mission of the team and it makes everyone more successful. Uh, I think the way you uh, stated that was, was, was absolutely critical Uh, the effort result uh, paradigm. Are there others uh, that you use uh, that when you're talking to students that that you find to be particularly uh, noteworthy that kind of ring
1: the bell for you the way effort result rang the bell for me? Well, I think more than anything else is just helping students understand that. I mean, you mentioned that you can't show up and get a trophy and, and I, this is not original with me, but somebody developed the analogy of a your college degree is your college education is kind of like a membership at a fitness center. You can pay your monthly fee, but you're not going to get in shape. And, and if you don't do the work and get in there and sweat, you're, you're not going to see progress. And it's the same thing with, with college, you're paying your money, but that doesn't give you the degree. If you show up to class, that's important. But again, you need to be able to take notes and, and really apply yourself. And what I found, John, is most most students most people really want to do well but they just may not know how to do well and that's again something i'm really trying to help college students understand because again i struggled i had the best intentions but that my intentions weren't enough and and i think too being willing to accept help i i think there's a there's a balance in there between as i mentioned earlier between being overconfident you need confidence, of course, to be able to step up to challenges and handle the setbacks, but you need the humility to be able to ask for help. And and one of the things, and, and I you know, I really love working with students, but one of my greatest frustrations was the inability of or the lack of of time that students spend in, in office hours or tutoring. For example, you know, I may have 60 kids in the class, 60 students in the class, but maybe 10% of them would come for, for help. And I think part of it is some of it may be indifferent, but I think it's more than that. I think a little bit of it has to do with some timidity and, and being concerned. Um, you know, if I go talk to the teacher, they'll figure out what I don't know. But I always told them, hey, I grade your test. I already know what you don't know. And
0: <laughs> it, it's
1: my job. It's my job to help you. And I think it's so important for for us as, as leaders, teachers, mentors to, to be respectful and show these young people that we really care. And again, being transparent, I, I share that story of, you know, I had to get a D before I got a Ph.D. And at the time I thought I was going to fail. But but as you mentioned, we all go through those. So I, I think being being real with the students is very important. And again, helping them understand that they can succeed if they're willing to put in the work.
0: Well, and, and you, you've you mentioned uh, this, uh, the resources that students need to avail themselves to. Um, and I, I think going to office hours is one, but are there other resources that are available to students so they can get the kinds of soft skills that you're talking about that in the end are absolutely critical for them to maximize
1: the return on the investment in their education? Certainly, John. And in my book, I talk about resources and I've got a whole chapter dedicated to it and I break it down to people places and things and with respect to the the soft skills you're talking about certainly experiential education opportunities are huge internships undergraduate research service learning study abroad those kind of things and and getting involved in student organizations developing leadership skills and teamwork skills in those settings are are very valuable as well, and, and certainly critical thinking courses and communication courses are very important, but in addition to taking a standalone communication course, a standalone speaking course, it's important that they integrate those skills into their actual classes, so um, I used to, as you pointed out, I was a soil scientist, but I often corrected grammar on tests and homework and students would would comment like hey green this is not english class and they were right but still you know i tried to correct that so try to create the the mentality with the student and as a student they want to be sure that they're trying to hone these skills in each of their courses and they're just not worried about their writing in their english class but their biology lab um, assignments are to be written well and i The other thing I think is very important in terms of of resources available to students would be the uh, the writing center and the career center on campus. There's academic success centers are are there Mm -hmm. as well. But the writing center can really help students develop their communication skills, the written skills. Many of these centers around the country on college campuses also help students develop their speaking skills and the presentation skills. And again, you talk about return on your investment. These things are not free, but most of these services are included already in tuition. So it's a tuition and fees. So it's very important for students to take advantage of those. You
0: know, and uh, Carrie, uh, at My College Corner and in Invite Education, we, we come at this from the parent's voice and try to offer parents advice on how to uh, bring this to their students' attention. And we know that the reality is that when students are going off to college, it's their, the beginning of really their adult life, and they're trying to separate from us. And frankly, you know, if, we rose, if we raise them to be independent, we want that to happen. But yeah. how, how do, you, do you counsel parents about how to deliver these kinds of messages to their students, or are you really focused on going after that student as a young adult and saying, you know, I'll empower
1: you with the tools you need? Uh, or do the parents still have a role in this process? Oh, I think the parents have a huge role, and I think sometimes as parents, and I have a daughter who's ten, so I've not quite got to the college um, issue yet. But I think sometimes parents may think that students don't really care what the what the parents think, but that's not true. And I think it's so important in terms of being an encourager. And I know some some parents haven't had the opportunity to go to college, so they may not understand all the nuances, but certainly. Every parent can be an encourager for their student. And many university websites have um, special pages just for parents. So I encourage parents of of college students to check those out. But the other thing I think you can, in addition to encouragement, is is help hold your student accountable for taking advantage of some of of these resources. And it's, you know, not nagging necessarily. Every parent knows how to, to get at their own Um, or to motivate their own kids. So I think it's important, though, again, to to hold them accountable and to encourage them at the same time. And that's a balance that can easily be done. And and again, if if students, if, if parents understand that, you know, there's an academic success center on campus, then they can check in with their student to be sure that the student's taking advantage of that.
0: You know, I have to confess, uh, my wife, Terry, uh, with our two girls, Emily and Allison, they're 22 and 25, and been through this. uh, uh, Terry uh, sacrificed herself as the foil in all of this, Carrie. So she knew that she would deliver a message. There would be this strong negative reaction to whatever the message was about, did you go to the resource center? Did you talk to your teacher after class? Did you do this? Did you do that? And then don't you know, sure enough, Maybe it was a week later. Maybe it was a month later. Maybe it was a year later. But they the, they acknowledged in one way or another that they appreciated the advice that they were getting. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my, my wife told the story to me the other night. Uh, she and my daughter had a big, big fight in the morning. And then in the afternoon, they were having a conversation. And my daughter said, well, mom, we never really get into it, do we? My wife <laughs> says, Well, maybe from your perspective, but. But there, there is that. Uh, I think that point is uh, this whole thing about being a parent rather than a friend is really important. Um, and the fact is that the kids, our children look to us uh, for advice. They can accept or reject whatever they want, uh, whatever it's appropriate. Maybe they're 17, maybe they're 20, whenever it's right, they, they take on the mantle of being an adult. Uh, but your point is is just so critical that it, you can't give up and you have to continue to to offer the best advice you can to your children.
1: And I want to, if I could, John, I want to follow up on something you said about, you know, you want your student to be independent. And that is so true. And it it's easy. It, you know, as a parent, I want to jump in there and save the day. I mean, I, I'm the same way with with my child. But certainly I encourage parents to take a long term view and jumping in and solving a problem is not helping that student develop the independence and the problem solving skills that they need and it, it's it's tough to see your your students struggle and you know there's a fine line you don't want to let them struggle so much they get stressed out but on the other hand you don't want to just jump in there let me give you two quick examples a, a parent once told me she was shaking her head she's frustrated that her son hadn't applied for her scholarships yet And she said, Dr. Green, I have filled out everything on that form that I'm going to do. And I thought, well, you shouldn't have filled out anything because the reason he hasn't done it, he's waiting on you to finish it. Um, And on the other end of the spectrum at a a new student orientation, I was advising a, a freshman and his mom came with him and she said, how long do you expect this to last? And I told her and she nodded she shook my hand said thank you she looked at her son and she said i'm gonna get some coffee and go to the bookstore i'll see you later so you know to me that mom almost should get an award because what she was telling him is it's time for you to do this and the other thing that tells him is i have confidence in you i don't have to sit here and worry about it and that to me was a that was just a huge a huge thing that she gave that child yeah,
0: she really empowered that. And she that's not the first time she did that, you know. And uh, you see those things and you say, boy, I wish I had done a little more of that. Or you take it as a role model. You look around and see how other people are, are dealing with these issues as well. You know, we're, unfortunately, we're, we're, we could talk all day, I think. But we're, we want to try to stay about a half an hour or so. But one thing I do want to ask you, Carrie, because you have a great network of people that, that you work with. And you know, clearly it, the, it takes a village uh, mentality is critical to helping students get these messages. None of, the, none of us are working in isolation or in some kind of bubble uh, to solve all these issues. So who else can you point to uh, that, that's on a mission like you are uh, to try to help parents and, and, and students get those soft skills, do the kinds of things you've been talking about to be more successful?
1: Well, I think one of my board members, Sam Rennick, is a great resource. Mm-hmm. He is the driving force behind Sammy Rabbit. And I have to laugh laugh sometimes that I have a rabbit on my advisory board. <laughs> but Sammy's a great guy and he focuses on helping young people develop the financial management skills and habits they need to be able to reach their dreams. And he starts when they're pretty young. So SammyRabbit.com is a great source um, of great resource for parents and and also, I'm on a, uh, I am a student leadership and success expert on a website called howtolearn.com. And there are a lot of free resources and articles on that website. And plus, there's a, we have a how to learn academy where we have a lot of courses online. And, and that's a great resource for, for parents and students as well.
0: Well, okay, that that's really wonderful. And I, I do appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to us today about these really critical issues. Um, just to be really clear, where where should our listeners go if they want to learn more about your work or contact you or or find a
1: way to, to have you involved with, with their student
0: success as well? Well, my
1: website is carryjgreen.com, C-A-R-Y J Green dot com. And I've got a lot of articles on there. A lot of the things we talked about, um, I've addressed in different articles I've written, and those are on that website. And certainly, if, if folks are interested, they can buy my book there, either paperback or ebook format. And I've got links to my social media as well. And certainly, I would welcome families, students, parents to email me. And that email address is simply Carrie, C A R Y, carry at carryjgreen.com, and I'm very happy to speak to anyone.
0: Well, Dr. Carrie J. Green, we are really thrilled, again, that you spent some time with us in my college corner today. We'll look forward to ca- uh, catching up with you again uh, down the road, and uh, we'll reach out to uh, to Sammy Rabbit uh, to, to bring him on as well and hear about how he can start this process or how he's, his mission is to help start this process even earlier in the life of a student. So thank you so much again. We appreciate your time. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to My College Corner today. Please send your comments, your ideas, complaints, anything else uh, you'd like to share with me at podcast at inviteeducation.com. And remember, saving a dollar today is better than borrowing one tomorrow.